Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can put it on the board. Yes. It's a perfect game. Renato, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me, you. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome to this edition of Locked On White Sox. It is episode number 335. I am your host, Chris Tannehill. Herb Lawrence was murdered and set on fire while celebrating his birthday. No, I'm just kidding, folks. He's not dead. He just got fired. Um, he said some racist things to people in the iTunes ratings and uh you know it's just a really unfortunate uh, series of events there but uh it turns out the itunes commenters were right herb is racist and uh he said some uh, really terrible things about me i'm not even going to get into what he said and what he called me after our show yesterday but uh the fact is he's gone he's not going to be a part of the show any longer uh, he's gone and there's nothing we could do about it uh i'm just kidding folks of course uh, this is part two of our two-part weekend recap featuring our mailbag and we're going to get into it now, and I should let you guys know that we are brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So you'll hear us talking about Michael Kopech and the things that he's been doing lately. They've been stretching him out. Looked really strong on Sunday. We'll talk about Ronaldo Lopez, the way he finished the season. And real quick before we get to the rest of yesterday's show, we do have some game times. Herb and I were talking about it during yesterday's show, how we were waiting for start times for the ALDS, and we have them here for White Sox and Astros. I'm sure you guys have heard this or have seen the schedules posted, but if not, I'm going to go ahead and run those down for you real quick and explain what our plan is going to be for post-game shows on the score, because now we have information on that as well. So... As you guys know, Game 1, Sox and Astros, it is a 3.07 first pitch time here locally in the central time zone. That's going to be on Fox Sports 1. Game 2 will be Friday, 1.07 p.m. Uh, on MLB Network. So games 1 and 2, both day games. Saturday, the off day, the travel day. And then Sunday, Sox will be the night game, 7.07 p.m. on Fox Sports 1, Sox and Astros. And I know uh, a lot of folks were up in arms earlier today when they saw these game times posted, and they were saying, yo, what the hell, man? Uh, the Sox get no love for the national spotlight? Look, uh, the, the reality is this. Here's just how I see it. This is good for White Sox fans. I'll, I'll tell you why. We know Sunday night, that's, that's a prime spot to be in. The Bears play here locally. I think it's 325 out in Las Vegas. So they play that so they don't have to go up against the Bears game. And also, you don't have to worry about getting to the ballpark early for to, to beat Chicago Marathon traffic because that's also going on Sunday. So you, have to, you get to clear the decks of all that stuff, get on over to the ballpark on the south side right after the Bears game. Uh, and we know that's great. Sunday night, that that's a prime spot to be in. Uh, we're very thrilled because we're going to be doing the post-game show on 6-7 of the score right after that game. So we carry the NFL games courtesy of Westwood 1. I believe it's Kansas City-Buffalo, a rematch of the AFC title game. Uh, so we're going to carry that game on the score. Then immediately after that, boom, we pop on over 
and uh, you can hear us after the game as soon as that game is completed. Uh, I've been told we can even uh, maybe tap out a little bit early of post-game coverage on the Westwood side. So we will be on the air. Herb Lawrence and I will be on the air after Game 3 on Sunday only at this point. Well, you know, So Sunday night, right after Kansas City and Buffalo play their game on the radio, on 6-7 the score, we're going to jump right on. And hopefully those games will be ending around the same time. So you won't be waiting too long uh, for for us to get on the air and talk about Game 3, which hopefully will be a White Sox winner. But back to the game times here real fast. I think it's a good thing that the Sox have the two-day games. I know it's not ideal for those of you who work. I know you guys would be more upset if they were day games uh, when the Sox do play at home, and I know we still don't have Game 4's game time yet, so that still very well could be a day game. But when you have a large TV market like the White Sox in Chicago, and the White Sox TV numbers were amazing this season as they are every year. You guys watch the White Sox, and I think the national television networks know this. It's a large market. They're going to get people watching. Let's face it, you guys are gonna still watch. You know, you'll you'll you know they'll they'll have the the White Sox will probably tweet out the hey, uh, please excuse so and so from work today because he or she is watching the White Sox. So they'll they'll do that thing. And it's not great if you do have to work or if you got to pick the kids up from school or whatever, it is a little bit clunky there. But in, in terms of just only a national media perspective and, and and disrespect angle, I don't think it's there because I think they know Chicago is such a large market and they know that White Sox fans are going to watch. So I am just looking at this more positively. That Sunday night, fans will be there in all black for a night game for Game Three, and hopefully the Sox will be looking to close out the series. I know that that'll be a really that's a stretch if that's going to happen. Wow, boy, do we have stuff to talk about? But uh, odds are, I'm guessing it'll be one-one coming back home. Then you're looking to swing home field advantage back in your favor, and you'll be there in all black on Sunday night baseball, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. So let's look at it from that perspective, and don't take everything as a slight or disrespect. Would it would it be easier for everyone's schedule if they were on in the in, in the evening? Sure, but it's not always about a disrespect thing. Sometimes it's just about market size. So you can't always get what you want, folks. But if the Sox come out victorious, I don't think any of us will be complaining about the start times for these games. So again, Herb and I will be on after Sox and a Sox and Astros Sunday night on 670 the score immediately following the completion of Sunday night football. So let's step aside for a quick time out here. When we come back, you'll hear the conclusion of part two of Monday's mailbag. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of automobiles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car's ever going to need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or is it an EX? Then you say, well... I'm not sure about that. Then you have to go back outside and check your car and you've had your car for years and you should know it is by now, but you don't. So you wait for the person behind the counter to check their inventory and order the parts that only their warehouse has. Why would you do that when you have access to a vast catalog of inventory right there on your phone in your pocket at rockauto.com? I already mentioned a clear example of why you save time by going to rockauto.com and not to one of those chain stores. But did you know that those chain stores, they'll often charge you 30% more, 50% more, or even double for the same parts at their stores or, God forbid, a car dealership. You're going to get better prices at rockauto.com. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 listed at a chain store. 
rockauto.com only $216 and best of all rock auto is a family business they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years they've been a sponsor and a friend of this podcast for two seasons now you see because rock auto's prices are always going to be reliably low for everyone for the do-it-yourselfers and the professionals and it's not only the prices or the convenience they also have everything that you're going to be looking for go in there take a look for yourself if you need brake parts tail lamps motor oil even new carpet they've got you covered at rockauto.com go in there and explore their easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and do us a favor right locked on and there how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com uh, here it is this is part two of herb and i's conversation recapping the weekend looking ahead to the postseason roster and we get into the mailbag a little bit later on as well so let's pick it up right where we left off from sunday's game after cease exits that ball game on sunday Michael Kopech comes in and he pitches mm-hmm. three innings and he stretched out. It's the first time I think since July he's gone three innings, gives up two hits on one run. It was earned, uh, but he did strike out six in his uh, three innings. He looked pretty pretty damn good. You know, the fastball had some life. The velocity was there, and it, it's pretty clear uh, that you know it's really kind of not, not miraculous, but I have to applaud the way they've handled him every step of the way because this kid, man, this kid is a champ, dude. Like has the injury has the setbacks deals with the, all the mental things that he's been dealing with and the, and the things in his personal life but he takes the ball when he's healthy and he he does exactly what you want him to do and th- this kid is just you know he's a champ out there man and here he is he's stretched out ready for whatever role you need him to be in when Thursday comes around whether that's going to be long relief whether it's going to be one inning whether it's going to be to open up a game uh in game four whatever it's going to be this kid's going to take the ball he's like yep all right, I got this because I'm the man when I'm out there. He looked pretty damn good. I know uh, giving up the one run and all, but uh, the fastball looked pretty good, and uh, I'm pretty pleased with how they've handled him pretty much the entire season. And like you were just saying, it's a testament to him that he checks his ego at the door and says, whatever the White Sox want from me this year, I'm going to do. Because I can imagine that he feels like he's one of the best starters, not only on the White Sox, but in the league. And his numbers have shown that he is probably one of the best White Sox on the staff, but he's used in a limited role where he's coming out of the bullpen. Occasionally he'll start a spot start this year, but give me the ball. Whenever I get the ball, I'm going to act like I'm starting this game. You're not going to get hits off of me. And when I do, when you do, it's going to be soft hits, soft contact. Enjoy yourselves, but I'm out there to dominate. And he did it again. He gave up the one run, but six strikeouts. The Detroit Tigers, like early in the year, how teams weren't seeing him, I'm seeing him round into that form. His slider's on point. His fastball still got the life, the late, the late life in the 98-plus. I love what he's doing. And to be this young and to come back from what he has and to just accept the role that he's in, it's amazing. He's a team player. And I'm glad the White Sox have him. I know that he knows that he has a long future ahead of him. And yes, kudos to the White Sox, Ethan Katz, uh, Tony La Russa, of course, Rick Hahn, for treating him like they treated him this year, understanding they have a valuable gym for the future. And currently, that's going to help him for a long time. And I blinked and I almost missed my guy coming back yesterday. Tempura. He came back and he pitched a scoreless 
uh, scoreless eighth, excuse me, pitched a scoreless eighth inning, striking out two, uh, four swings and misses for my guy Tempura, and uh, that was a big sigh of relief for me. And how about this little item here from Gordon Whitmire? Does a great job covering the Cubs for NBC Sports Chicago. Gordon Whitmire says this. Uh, players who were Cubs in the last calendar year who are in the playoffs currently. John Lester, Cardinals, Kyle Schwarber, Red Sox, Jock Peterson, Braves, Craig Kimbrell, Ryan Tempura, White Sox, Anthony Rizzo, Yankees, Chris Bryant, Giants, and of course, Colin Ray with the Brewers. So that's pretty wild. But it was good to see uh, Tempura back out there because he's going to be a big part of this thing. And for him to, to get back out there after that long layover, uh, with the with the laceration on the on the hand there, that, that was good stuff. Uh, getting the, the strikeouts too for my guy Tempura, I like to see that. Yeah, and we I don't know if I said he was on the team the other day. I'm think I no, we, since, we yeah we agreed. I mean of course yeah. we said he was on the team, but I think I I was out of sight out of mind type of thing. He wasn't on the playoff roster or he wasn't on the active roster. I think on the show when we we built it up, so I might have just skipped over him. But of course Ryan Tapera will be on. And he'll be probably my first guy as long as it's like the seventh inning out of the bullpen. Like if Lance Lynn goes seven or goes six, Ryan Tapera will be my first guy depending on the matchups there. And I'll have no problem with that because he's been rock solid as a White Sox and before that with the uh, uh, the Cubs. So it's testament to him, a guy who got non-tendered himself, just like Carlos Rodon, worked on himself signed back with the Cubs and had an all all-star year even though he didn't make the team. So I'm good. I'm glad your guy Ryan Tempura. There it is. <laughs> I thought had a, I thought my connection was unstable again. I thought well, you were setting me up. I should know him better than that. Damn no, it. I I didn't really, you know, you don't have the the verbal or the uh, non-verbal communication like we're supposed to have like in you know, in the same building, you yeah. would hit it if I would have saw you. I was remembering um, that last year when we were watching Bears Lions doing doing shows together in my basement. Uh, for for some reason, I don't remember why we you know we got together. Oh yeah, we were interviewing Cowley. That's why yes. we were doing that. Yeah, I was remembering finally. Ah, the shows where her would come over uh, before we got this thing down to a science. But yeah, man, it was good to see uh, Tempura back in there doing his thing. And then sadly, uh, to close out 2021, a guy who's been so rock solid for so long. Lopi, Ronaldo Lopez took the loss. He came on in the uh, in the ninth inning there, and uh, it was uh, uh, tough sledding for Ray Lowe. Three hits, three runs. They were all earned. Uh, walked a guy and gave up the uh, the home run. Uh, it's a tough spot there for Ronaldo. I'm sure he had to have been pressing a bit. We know the Tigers put bat to ball, as I said earlier, and uh, it was a nice piece of hitting there in, in some of those at-bats, but uh, Lopi probably just pressing a little bit, you know, trying to make that roster, trying to end his season with an exclamation point instead of a question mark, and uh, that was tough to see from my guy Ray Lowe. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. I think in, in the battle of Ronaldo Lopez, I think he's going to be on the roster no matter what. I think he's yep. earned that spot, so I don't think anything he could do on Sunday will change that. Um, we'll, we'll get into that. I think they'll announce that on Wednesday. But, uh, you know, it, it was tough to see Raylo end uh, so so meekly like that when he's been so rock solid all year. But I don't think that has any bearing on his uh, postseason roster status. What about you? No, it's just also weird. Like, he's been in starting the last couple times he's been in games. So they come into a game where it doesn't matter. So, like, we're talking with Liam Hendricks or any closer, even though this wasn't a closing situation. The adrenaline's not there. You know, it's a game that doesn't matter in the long run. 
at that time, I think the rain was going down pretty well. I mean, I was sitting out there with the 108 guys. Then, by the way, they say hello. Um, oh, and so, yeah. I love and, those guys. And uh, White Sox Dave showed up, too. He showed up in the 108. Oh, after. Wh- White Sox Dave had some thoughts about the Many Saints of Newark movie. And I'm not Uh-oh. I'm not the one I'm about to say they don't sound like they're good. Well, I'm not the one to say your opinion is wrong. I've never been that guy. But uh, he said it was like one of the worst movies he'd ever seen. <laughs> so just from the previews, I know that's not true. Maybe the expectations well made that movie bad for him. That, that, I mean, I know like when I saw coming to America number two, the second part, I was like, you got to suspend where coming to America is coming to America. It's on a pedestal. Don't look at coming to America too as that. If you suspend that and you know that this is a movie that is a sequel 20 plus, plus five years plus uh, past the, the first one and go in with a, just wanting to laugh, you'll enjoy the movie. Maybe he went into that thinking like, this is just the continuation of Sopranos and it's going to be the Sopranos just like that. I from your review or from just you, I'm listening to you, it didn't seem like it was bad at all. It sounded like it was an entertaining, uh, what two plus hours of a uh, movie, right? Yeah, just two hours on the on the nose. Yeah, I, I found it to be uh, really really solid. But yeah, he said I think it was one of the worst movies he had ever seen, and people were tagging me on that. I'm like, look, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get the 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 whole barstool uh, stoolies on me about a movie opinion. You know, Dave, Dave's got his opinion, and I know he's not that guy. Like he would not. Uh, no. Stick the stoolies on me for disagreeing with him, but I'm just like oh, to each his own. Like I, you know, I, I enjoyed it. So why would I have? Why would I put negative energy out in the air to try to convince someone to like something that they didn't like? Like that's to me, that's a waste of time. I'm not gonna. Say. And he's not necessarily. <laughs> he's not yucking your yum. He's yeah. giving his opinion of the movie. Exactly. So why would I do the reversal of that to him and say you should like it because this? Because I believe this and I'm smart and here's why you should like what I like. Yeah, exactly. Like, we already like the White Sox. Why can't you like everything I like? Yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm a hockey fan all of a sudden. Please <laughs> like what I like and or do not like what I like. I don't want you to like it ever. So, yeah. So that, that that's where we're at with it. But, yeah, man. Um, what do you say, Herbie? Yeah, Lopi was, yeah, wasn't focused. Give up three runs. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. I think he's on the roster anyway. Uh, what, what do you say? Should we open up the bag real fast? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. We love emails, too. We love your emails most of all. And don't forget, folks, when we do Locked on White Sox postgame shows on 670 The Score, that bag is going to be open for you to jump on in and uh, I'm going to be have I'm going to I'm going to be having my computer there for you guys to email the show. I'll have lockedonsocks@gmail.com open right there for you. So if you have anything you want to say, no voicemails during the White Sox postgame shows on 670 The Score, but you can call uh, the three, the number three one two six four four six seven six seven. That's three one two six four four six seven six seven. That's how you can call and text the score when we're on. You can do that. But locked on socks at Gmail is how you can reach us if you have anything you want to talk to us about during those shows because we're going to talk to our people regardless. So uh, make sure you you get in early, get in often, so we can have a very nice interactive. We're we're bringing White Sox post game shows back to to their former glory or or lack thereof when Ranji was there. So we're we're going to be doing that. So make sure you keep that number locked into your phone and of course the voicemail uh for the, the non-post-game shows 312-566-8727 that's 312-566-8727 steve from arlington heights checking in here says hello men i don't know who he's talking about there's no men here uh, just a couple of couple of boys i'd say um 
I don't mean that in that way, Herb. Um, can we can we can we have gotten here already with enough injuries? Tony La Russa early missteps and bullpen dysfunction to keep the Sox Nation mumbleheads engaged. This remarkable group or set of groups has persevered, entertained, and easily won the division. Only 11 wins left to get after Sunday now. Areas for potential improvement revolve around getting people to hit off, hit the cutoff man, having pitchers make some, some attempt to limit the running game, and knowing when to pitch around opposing batters who can really hurt you. Bullpen and power hitting are on the upswing, and despite the Rodon drop-off, the pitching looks as strong as anyone else's staff. Whatever happens from here on out, it has been enjoyable to watch and fun to listen to you dissect the finer points and spice things up with the occasional obscene outburst or offbeat guest. Let's hope randomness rules in our favor rather than having this be another quote-unquote learning year. Great job, gents. Steve and Marlington Heights. Thank you, Steve. I hear that, man. Hear, hear, 100%. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, it's very nice of you to say. We had a great time, and yes, I can't believe we're finally here. It was a marathon, as the kids say. Absolutely. Uh, our guy, uh, Mike Victor, also weighing in here on the email. He goes, hey, guys, listen to your postseason roster pod driving to work this morning and her talk about Jose Ruiz making the playoff roster as a big up as an up big down big emergency arm. If he is not going to be used at all in meaningful situations, why not keep Keuchel on the roster? And then at least he can go three plus if necessary in an inse- inconsequential situation. It seems like more of an effective use of the roster spot. If it's been if it's between those two guys, talk soon, go socks. That's Mike Victor. And sorry, I can't read tonight. It's been a long day. But basically, Keuchel versus Ruiz. He sent this before Keuchel's really strong outing on Saturday. But uh, I, I like when I read this email, I said, yeah, I, I agree with that logic. Like that makes sense to me. If it's if it's a up a lot, down a lot, and you're trying to get through a game and eat up innings, Keuchel would make sense here. But he oof, did not look good on Saturday, and I, I'm I'm riding with my guy Jose Ruiz here in this spot. Damn straight, 100. Uh, percent Jose Ruiz, while not awesome, he's had times where I can I can see he's got swing and miss stuff in the playoffs that will be very valuable. Dallas Keuchel, I I don't want him anywhere near that ball game. I don't know if where his heart's at. I'm sure he's dedicated and committed to the White Sox, but that affinity for his Houston mates is still there and his pitching is not I don't want him anywhere in near that game either up a lot or down a lot neither of the two if you have many of uh, other options <laughs> if you want to just eat up innings that are much better for the team so if it's game three the White Sox are up two games and they happen to be getting beat up by the Houston Astros and you don't want to use some of your premium guys I would still use Jose Ruiz over him. Now, if it's Jose runs out of gas in the seventh and you got to go with get Dallas for eighth and ninth just to get in innings, fine, but also not my preferred choice. If it was up to me, he wouldn't make the ALDS at all, but he's probably one of the best 13 pitchers the White Sox have in their organization. Why not have him on the roster? You're paying him a lot of money. I hear that. All right, uh, final email here before we get to some voicemails. This is from uh, Joe in Champaign. Joe says this, Hey, Chris and Herb, regardless of what happens in the postseason this year, just wanted to say thank you for making this already mm. fun season the most memorable Sox summer since 05. It's always seemed impossible to top that summer and postseason, but listening to Jason and Steve or Len and DJ, then coming to you guys for the further postgame analysis makes for the complete package. 
You made the walks around the neighborhood with my dog more enjoyable and my boring, stupid job a little less meaningless. You guys are great at what you do. That's incorrect. And I can't wait to listen to your post-game shows on the score. That's Joe and Champagne. Oh, Joe, that's so sweet of you to say. Love you, Joe. Yeah, Joe, that is sweet. I mean, it's very heartwarming. And Like the guy who was in Nairobi, Kenya, opens his day every day with Locked on Socks. And like we say, Thank you for letting Lockdown Sox be your first listen during the day. It's awesome to have people not only seek it out, but it's in their subscription. So like, okay, Tanny Herb did a Lockdown Sox. I got to hear it. And when we don't, man, oh, man, there's so many people that's like, guys, it's part of my routine. What are we doing, man? I need this. It's like cocaine. I didn't think we were that good like that. Like people are just like, waiting for it they're like man i got to have this locked on socks and that is a it's a weird feeling but also it's a great feeling that people seek out our our uh, content and they want to hear from us and it, we only get to do this because of that like sometimes we don't want to do these shows and we feel like we owe this to the people who are out there waiting for this show to come out and our reactions it's it's a grind even though it's what only 45 minutes of our time, like 45 minutes of actual time, but Tanny does the post-production. It's a lot longer. It's a grind to do these shows, but it's you guys who are out there listening that make it worth it. And you guys who are out there spreading the word, like, man, these guys are great. And then coming up to us at baseball games and sending an email. It's like that one. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, man. And uh, thankfully there's not a lot of post-production because we're absolutely perfect uh, every, <laughs> every time. Uh, so I spit my gum out and, Mr. Perfect. Um, uh, let's get into a couple of voicemails here. Look at our old friend checking in Rest here. In Good morning, gentlemen. It's White Sox Ralph from beautiful South Carolina. It's 530 in the morning. We're packed and all ready to roll to Kansas City to see the grandkids. I have some underwear to deliver. He's earned it. I should I should point out what our guy Ralph is talking about there. You may remember him. He he called a couple uh, was it months ago at this point. I don't know, maybe not that long ago. But he has a, a wonderful young grandson in Kansas City, and he's they're trying to get this kid potty trained. And so they agreed that you know if you are potty trained, uh, we'll get you some mm-hmm. some White Sox underoos. So I guess uh, he the grandson fulfilled his. Uh, part of the bargain and now uh granddad's paying up and he's heading down to kc let's get to the rest of this here ozzy is currently drugged we've got the uh, okay Bill um, bars all packed uh, ozzy i'm assuming is their dog <laughs> no the grandkid <laughs> or is it ozzy kian is ozzy kian currently drugged um i is a person i know he is a player okay thank you ozzy's fine all right so yeah that's that's either the grandkid or the dog uh, we'll leave that up to you uh but yeah let's continue the road trip and we can hardly wait to get there. Uh, we're going to watch the White Sox from Kansas City with the grandkids and my son. We also plan on taking in the um, Negro Baseball Museum and taking a few of those barbecue ribs that are so good. But uh, just want to say go White Sox to you guys or go my first place. White Sox future World Series champion. Hell yeah. Take care, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Ralph, for uh, checking out the Sox down in KC. 
Uh, obviously, I think Ralph, you know, I would think his family will lead him in the right direction for barbecue. What was your favorite ribs when we were down there? Was it Gates? Gates had like the wettest, sloppiest ribs, and like you could just find a Gates uh, at any corner. But what was your favorite ribs that you had when we were down there? I don't know if I had a specific ribs that I liked the most, but I know the dining experience I liked the most. It was the Oklahoma Joe's yeah. in the uh, in the gas station there just by Kansas almost. Um, their burnt ends were the highlight of the food trip there for me. Um, I don't know if I did have actual ribs, and if I did, they were not very memorable. Uh, Arthur Bryant's, is that the one that's right by the Negro League Museum. Exactly. Yes. Right down the street. Yep. That was probably my second favorite uh, experience food wise. I might have got the hot links in ribs there, but I didn't think uh, they were, you know, you know, slap your mama great. But the burnt ends at Oklahoma Joe's, which I think is just called Joe's now, were the my uh, highlight. Yours? Yeah, probably Joe's. Uh, you know, uh, Danny's always telling me, Danny Parkins always telling me about a place called Jack Stack that we didn't go to when we were there. He said that's his favorite. So maybe that's a place that uh, where our guy uh, can check out when he's down there. All right, let's uh, wrap. He sent a, he sent a Q39 uh, recommendation my way a couple years ago when I went, and it's pretty good. Okay, he would he would know. Danny spent a lot of time down there, and he knows fine food uh, when he sees it. Uh, but uh, we got to, except he's got to eat a little bit more. He sees all skin and bones, young Danny. He's got to he's got to eat some more. Put some, put, go ahead, have another helping of ribs, Danny. Uh, all right, wrapping it up here from the three three one. Oh, it's a celebrity. Oi, listen up, it's your boy Conor McGregor. What? My White Sox are seven and three in their last ten. I know we may have lost today, but look at Luis Robert hitting the ball four hundred and forty feet. <laughs> this is all over the place. <laughs> it's is that still... me doing the impression? <laughs> it's still going. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that I don't. Yeah, Conor McGregor, man. Uh, you know, he must have had a couple of points. Oh, Jesus! Uh, but yeah, his his accent. Uh, he must have been so drunk that he had a British accent. That's uh, my Irish brogue is better than his blend on. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm straight from County Cork, man. <laughs> Galloway Bay, man. Oh, shit. All right. So, so that, that's how we uh, end the mailbag here. We'll take a quick time out and you'll get to hear my conversation with our friends from Locked on MLB and Locked on Astros that I participated in on Sunday evening. You'll hear my prediction for the series. You'll hear Locked on MLB's expert opinion on how they think the series will shake out. You'll hear Locked on Astros' opinion. Guess which team he picked to win. <laughs> but that's next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. We're back and better than ever, folks. All eyes are on the gridiron and teams are back to start another football season and as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface with even more odds props and contests betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100 welcome bonus that's double your initial deposit just for signing up don't forget to use our promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget our promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on at Bet Online. 
Our Locked On MLB Playoff Preview rolls on now with the ALDS that has already been decided. We are talking with the Chicago White Sox and the Houston Astros host, Locked On White Sox and Locked On Astros. We've got with you Chris Tannehill and H-Town Wheelhouse, better known as Brett Chancey, or maybe he's better known as H-Town Wheelhouse. I was going to say, it's the other way around. Yeah. (laughs) We get it all flipped one way or the other, but this is going to be a really fun series. I think both teams match up very well in what they do best first off i know that you guys have been excited with the way the season is in it for both of you the white Sox had kind of sewn up everything a little bit earlier than the astros did but i think the astros felt pretty confident in their positioning so i want to start with you both i want to ask a question for both of you and i want to start with chris when did you know this was going to happen what what point were you like all right the white Sox got this I would say, you know, it was it was a rough ride to get here. I know it's been a formality for most of the season, but the Eloy injury starting the season was was certainly a curveball, a monkey wrench thrown into this whole thing. And then Luis Roberts' injury, there were times early on in the first month or so where you felt like, ooh, this may not go as planned. But you saw guys start to step up, the first instance being Brian Goodwin when Rick Hahn picked him up off waivers after Pittsburgh let him go. And his first at-bat, he hits a three-run homer against the Tigers. So you kind of got that feeling then. That was like around May, and you're like, oh, everyone's kind of stepping up here, uh, you know, filling the void of all these massive injuries that, that they've had, and the train just keeps moving. I've used the analogy all season long. It is like hopping aboard a moving train, you know, and it's, you know, the rising tide raising all boat scenarios here. So it's been a rough ride to get here, and it's been filled with, with ups and downs along the way, but I think this team knew that they were the class of the division very early on, even with all the injuries, and, it, it, you know, the starting pitching staff has, has just anchored this whole thing and kept them stable the entire season. From my point of view, I think pretty much after the trade deadline, they went on a really nice run. Now, they were not exactly playing powerhouses when they played uh, the Royals and the Cubs and the Twins, but they, they won a bunch of games, and I think they at that point they put a little bit of distance between them and the soon-to-be Guardians of Cleveland. And I one of the things I feel – uh, it should be encouraging for White Sox fans for the last couple of weeks is I think they've, they've been playing pretty well and they've been playing pretty well against Cincinnati. They, they've won, they, they ended the season on a positive note. I think I would be really worried if they kind of limped into the playoffs on a losing record. I think that they, they've got a couple of good starts from the starters and most importantly, uh, Rodon looking pretty good in his last start. I think having him in the playoff rotation is uh it's gonna be a real positive well we'll see about that he's gonna throw on tuesday and if, if you guys haven't been paying attention you know rodan the the box score will indicate that oh yeah it was a nice clean outing for rodan but the velocity was down more than just a tick he was topping out uh 93 was the highest he hit on the gun and he was sitting around 90 91 now he did sort of have a different game plan out there in his last outing where he was showcasing more of the changeup to keep these hitters off balance but real seldom usage of the slider, which is his big out pitch, and, and the, he did not use that almost at all, I think maybe six times against the Reds lineup. So they're very concerned about him actually heading into the postseason, and I think you're looking at a situation here where he's going to have about a couple weeks here, almost two weeks from the last outing until he's scheduled to throw. Let's say they throw him in a game four if they're fortunate enough to make it to that point. If he throws in a game four, I think they're very much it's just going to be 
all right, how many innings can you go at full bore? Because, you know, he hit a wall around two or three weeks ago where he's been a different guy, and they've been trying to do this as cautiously and as, as smart as they could possibly could with resting him and getting him six days of rest instead of five every step of the way and then ILing him for a, a, a long period of time. But he's since he's come back from the IL, he has not looked good. And the results have been okay, but I think everyone's very concerned and rightfully so unless – you know, this is a guy also who's a free agent at the end of the year. He's a Scott Boris client, so there's a lot of layers here going on, and I think Tony La Russa seems to be just done with it all. He's basically looking at this like, all right, just let me know if you're up or down, like a football coach mentality. Let me know if you're up or down, and we'll throw you out there. And he's going to throw on Tuesday in a bullpen, and they're going to see what he can do, but I would not be surprised if he goes later in the series and they piggyback him with Michael Kopech or Ronaldo Lopez. Well, one thing, at least visually for the White Sox that is positive, is that the last time they won a playoff series was against the Houston Astros. Now, it was a very different situation. It was a World Series back then. Mm. But the Astros are back as the division champs. And H-Town, I must say that uh, I give the Astros a lot of credit for taking on the late charge from Oakland and late charge from Seattle uh, that they clinched before making it more interesting. They got the, they won the games they needed to win so they can line things up that this weekend with Oakland became a formality. I think they even used Grinky out of the bullpen uh, to sort of give him a tune-up. Tell me where you think the state of this team is, which has had wild streaks. It's very Yankee. The Yankees have had wild streaks, and the Astros have had wild streaks where they've had winning streaks where they look like, oh, my God, were, the World Series is coming back to Houston. And then there have been times like, oh, my God, they are not going to – are they even going to be a playoff team? So tell me the state of Houston coming in, especially against the team, which I think is a pretty good – I think is a favorable matchup for Houston in the in the division series. Sorry. Sorry. I'm not trying to trash the White Sox, but I think it is a favorable matchup for the Astros. No, um, I think it is. And I know early in the season when we swept the White Sox in at, at Minute Maid Park, the White Sox were not at full strength. And I think everybody in Houston that just has a pulse and watches games knows that and knows that at full strength, the White Sox do pose a very potent lineup. They have very good pitching. When their pitchers are on, you have to make sure you barrel the ball. And if you don't, the White Sox are going to shut you down because of the guys they have out in the field. But Lance McCullers Jr. has really taken on the role of ace as he signed a big contract extension this year and has really taken the leadership mantle. Because coming into the season, JV goes down with Tommy John. Um, Framber Valdez is on the IL to start the season. The Astros had this crazy hot start the first six games, and then they're kind of hot, and then they go cold, and then they heat back up. And then we lost Bregman for almost two months, and we're like, what's going on? And this team has brought up rookies, triple A players that I would literally, I would interview them and the next week they would get called up. And then the next week they would hit grand slams, Jake Myers, Chaz McCormick, these guys, um, Luis Garcia, who is in the rookie of the year talk, who probably won't win it because he's not an offensive player. Let's not kid ourselves. But he's having Luis, a good year. He's having a really he is good having, year. Yeah. And this kid, 
when he gets in trouble. I've seen him get into bases loaded jams and get out of it in the next inning, strike out the next two batters. He has got this, we we call it the cha-cha slide, um, you know, motion where he takes like two or three steps. It's like he's on a dance floor when he's pitching. I think it keeps hitters off balance. But you have Kyle Tucker who unlocked his swing where at the beginning of the year, every 115-mile-an-hour ball off the bat was in a glove. He opened up his stance. And he started connecting. And I think, honestly, Kyle Tucker took such a big charge at the end that he deserves some consideration for MVP. Not that he should win it, but that he should get a vote here or there because of what he's meant to this team. Sully, the bullpen has been our biggest worry all season. Our starters have actually held down held it down very well. Remember, we lost Verlander the year before we lost Cole. And then, you know, like I said, we started the IL with Framber. But you've got Framber. You've got McCullers. You've got Urquidy, who's back and healthy. We lost him for a while. And we've got Luis Garcia. And we've got probably Odorizzi in the pen. We've got Grinky in the pen, at least for the ALDS, because he's not going to make a start right now. He's not ready. But I think Grinky in the pen is an interesting kind of dangerous proposition because he's right. so masterful. And we have to keep the offense at bay. Um, I think going into the playoffs, watch for Carlos Correa. He just had a big send-off today at Minute Maid Park. There were tears in the fans' eyes. And um, it was just, you know, Carlos Correa, I think, is going to contribute big time. So it's interesting. H-Town kind of read my mind a little bit on that one because I'll I'll ask you that too, Chris. What is your biggest concern coming into this series? I think the health of the starting pitching staff. And I I got back, you know, get back to the Rodon thing where you you remember – that outing down there in Houston with Carlos Rodon where he shut the Astros out, out for eight innings, and they ended up losing that game because they weren't playing great baseball, as you said. But he looked – that's the guy whose stuff plays anytime, any place, and all of a sudden that guy is gone. I mean, at least we, we speculate that he's not going to return this year. It's, it's a different type of pitcher. And, yeah, when you're in the postseason, you open yourself up to variance, and anything can happen in a short series, you know. But I think you look at what was your biggest strength was – your number one ace in Rodon, and now that's not going to be a thing. Um, but there's certainly plenty of things, as any baseball fan knows. You, you look at your team, and you, you're, you're worried about everything heading into the postseason. But I, I think w- when you look at the White Sox, how what's the pathway to them losing or getting blown out or just not being competitive? It's usually uh, an inconsistent bullpen. You know, the, the Craig Kimbrell acquisition you guys mentioned, that's been a real shaky going here for pretty much since he got here. Tony La Russa never put him in the closer spot, and we've been talking about that all season long, about how they, they mismanaged him the, the entire season. And now you never know what you're going to get from him when they roll him out in the eighth inning. Now, I had speculated that maybe they're going to, when you when the ninth, ninth inning comes, that door opens, Craig Kimbrell's going to be the guy walking out of it. But I'm not so sure now because they never truly put him in multiple safe situations since July. So that's a concern for me. The volatility, the volatility of the bullpen is always a concern, I think, for any baseball fan. For, for the Sox specifically, I think that's a big-time concern because you know Liam Hendricks at the back end is going to get the job done. He's been awesome the past month. He's, he hasn't given up any earned runs the past 30 days. So you feel good about that, but it's the bridge. Getting from that starting pitcher, whoever it's going to be, because Lance Lynn coming off an injury, Giolito you feel pretty good about, but Rodon, Cease, who's going to bridge those guys with the back end of that bullpen, that's just a big mystery right now. 
Make sure you check out Locked On White Sox and Locked On Astros. Subscribe to those podcasts ahead of this series. Real quick, fellas, what do you think? Give me your quick picks for this series. Oh, um, if you're talking about who's going to win the series, um, I think the Astros win this in four games. I think we win three to one. I can't back down now. I picked the White Sox to actually win the World Series, and anyone listens to the show, I'm not hey. I'm not White Sox homer guy, but it's what it is. They've withstood all the injuries, and they've managed to stay here. You know, at the point where they're at now. So I'm going to pick the White Sox actually in four. I think they steal one of the first two, wow. and this crowd coming back home on the South Side, they cannot wait. They did not get to see their team in the postseason in 2020, so they cannot wait for postseason baseball. And I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere on the South Side. Jeff, do you have a pick? I'm thinking that the uh, – man, it's hard to pick these two teams. I honestly think that They're the White really Sox close. do. They're really close, yeah. I, th- I think that the White Sox do eke it out, H-Town. I don't mean to rain on That's okay. Just remember, last I, year with the sub-500 record, nobody picked us to win anything last year. So just well, remember H- that, and we're yeah, better this year. Well, no H-Town, one picks the White Sox to do I, anything I, ever, so. H-Town, <laughs> I want you and Astros Twitter to hear what I'm about to say. I'm picking the Astros in five. I think it's a tightly – knotted series i think it could go either way and i think the i think the bullpen is going to be a factor but i think grinky is going to be used the way that bochi used lincecum in 2012 as kind of a super reliever and i think that that role worked for lincecum in 2012 and i think it's going to work for grinky in 2021 thanks h town thanks everyone this is going to be a great great and did i mention great series that's going to be a lot of fun between two two matched up evenly matched teams all right so that does it for today's edition of locked on white Sox. for my partner herb lawrence i'm chris Tannehill. we'll be back on wednesday night so you will not have a show waiting for you in the morning when you wake up but we're going to do an astros preview with our friends from locked on astros so we'll take care of that we'll post that as soon as we are done with it tomorrow evening i would expect that around 10 30 11 o'clock at night so wednesday's show will be pushed back a bit And then we've got playoff games of consequence to talk about the rest of the week. We'll be back immediately after those games are over with, uh, usually about 6 or 7 o'clock by the time Herb and I get home from work after we get a chance to watch those games for the second time. We'll be back with those recaps Thursday and Friday. So for Herb Lawrence, I'm Chris Tannehill. Thank you for making Locked on White Sox your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms.